And this is the Looking Up program. How are you all? We hope you're doing well and we're so glad that you're tuning in for another episode of this live broadcast coming to you today from the Hunter region. I'm, I really enjoyed that song that was just played. He was there all the time. It's one of my favorite songs and I know that we're going to have some really good music today as well. My name is Sharissa and I'm joined today in studio by my wonderful co-host, Pastor Danny. How are you, Pastor Danny? I'm praising the Lord, my friend, on this, um, yeah, Humid but lovely day, yeah. nonetheless. I should say there's a lot of storm clouds gathering outside. Oh, have right mercy, now. have mercy. But it in is more a ways humid than one. and lovely day. In more ways than That's one. That's true, metaphors <laughs> all around us. And today we are kept live and on air by the wonderful Peter, who's our producer today, oh, standing boy. in for Shell. I'm telling you, so, this Peter, yeah. boy oh boy, he is the Peter for the moment. He come is. at the moment, come <laughs> at Peter. Saint we Peter, we'll we call him Saint Peter. We wouldn't be here without you, Peter, <laughs> so thank you. He's our own local faith of him saint peter <laughs> amen and so because this is a live program as always we would love to hear from our listeners just let us know where you're listening from if you have any comments questions things to contribute to our discussion today please don't hesitate to text us on our studio number 0488-817-624 and you'll want to keep that number handy because later on in the program we have a giveaway which we'll tell you about just a little bit later on a reminder too that you should get the app the faith fm app because it gives you uninterrupted coverage provided your network provider does not crash but they will give you uninterrupted coverage of faith fm wherever you are as you drive and as you work and walk so definitely something to do it's free and just uh or you can go to the website and download uh or listen to all the past episodes of this show and every other show on this radio channel there as podcasts and there's so much great material i highly recommend it today our subject is pretty similar to what we do every week we're going to be talking about current events as they relate to the coming of jesus and bible prophecy you do not want to miss this it's exciting stuff and as we go through these things we are driving towards a bible study do you want to tell our listeners about what we'll be talking about yeah sure um we will be continuing on that, that journey that you started us off on two or three weeks ago where we're taking a look at um, that end-time conflict as it relates to the mark of the beast and that final, you know, that final worship showdown, which all these events that we are highlighting is leading up to. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, may I add. Yes, so this is exciting stuff. An epic episode is just before us. But before we go to any more of those things, we want to enjoy this song from Ron and Patty Valiant. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Let's enjoy this song together and then we will continue. Thy testimonies are wonderful, then but of my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant it, for I long for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me. I cried with my whole heart, give me all. Oh 
You were listening to Ron and Patty Valiant. Thy testimonies are righteous, I believe. That was the last word of that site, that song title. And this is the Looking Up program. Again, we're coming to you live and we're so excited to have you joining us. Please keep this number handy to text us as we discuss our news items today, 0488-817-624. Well, Pastor Danny, a lot's happened in one week and oh. a lot is happening as we Indeed. speak. Indeed. What would you like to kick off with today? Well, maybe I might just kick off by just giving a little promo to this um, Signs of the Times series that I've been doing, which is right on point of what we've been discussing. And, you know, one of the big challenges has been condensing into four programs, into four messages, you know, the, the plethora of current events that are taking place in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. But it's been, it's been a challenge, but it's also been a joy, and I think it's been well received. Mm-hmm. And so this week we have um, session number three, which is entitled The Perils of Progress and Prosperity. So I'm going to be zeroing in specifically on the days of Noah that Jesus spoke of. And nice. so this is really, really fascinating. So that's what we're going to be looking at this week. So that's at the Bullaroo Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, starting at 11 a.m. and people can go to the website for more information, discoverhope.life. Um, I've also uploaded, I've uploaded the, the previous two um, episodes or messages so they can go to my website actually. No, I've got a, well, I've got a YouTube. Can you believe it? I've got a YouTube. You have a YouTube channel. I know, I know, I know. It's a, it's a, that's, a, that's a big sign. That's a big sign. Things are wrapping up. Knowledge when, is increasing. Oh, Don't go that far. Oh, no, she's just overstepped. She's overstepped the red line. Um, so, yeah, my YouTube, yeah, if they type into YouTube Danny Malenkov, my mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. it should come up. Okay. So, Danny Malenkov. I'm going to try uh, that later. <laughs> my name. Or they might want to try the, the title, A World on the Brink. Seconds to midnight. That was the first. That was the second one, and the first one was Jesus, Jerusalem, and the end. So that were the that were the first two. So anyway, um, yeah. So people can jump on board, and then we've got lunch to follow, mm-hmm. and I've got a very wonderful surprise in connection with lunch, which I won't share on air right now. But it's it's going to be. Fantastic. It's going to be big, folks. So if you can, make sure you join Pastor Danny there for the Signs of the Time seminar at the Bullaroo Seventh-day Adventist Church, 54 Lakeview Street, Spears Point, New South Wales. Or they can, or they can or live stream. On, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah or they can true. go on YouTube. Or we, we are live streaming as well. So if they go to Bullaroo SDA Church, um, they may be able to find it. I think they will be able to find the live stream because we've just sort of got, gotten started. But anyway, either way, the best is come in person. Awesome. That's your best bet. I got another. You just reminded me I should advertise something yeah, you, too. Yeah, you should, yes. So um, just a little bit away from there, maybe half an hour from Bullaroo, we've got the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is hosting another program entitled The Faith Reset. Mm-hmm. And it starts Saturday, this Saturday, in the Hamilton Church. So that's 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton. And we've got a special guest speaker. His name's, here we go, Noamiko Madden. I think I said that right. The the second half is easy. Yeah, the second (laughs) half is easy. The first half, Noamiko's from Canada. And he has an amazing testimony. He's got some exciting insights to share as well from the Bible. But he was almost in Hollywood. And then he chose, you know, put God first and God 
closed that door and opened another one. But it's an amazing testimony Incredible. and uh, worth hearing. So, so he's yeah, going to be there for a week, isn't he? He is. Not every night during the week. So he's there Saturday, 11, 2.30, then Wednesday night at 7, Friday night at 7, and then the final Saturday at 11. Okay, so Saturday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the last Saturday. Yeah, and there's lunch there too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> lunch, lunch everywhere. Lunch everywhere. Lunch everywhere. <laughs> so no one's going to go short on food this weekend. Amen. Amen. So there you go, folk. Um, and God willing, um, before we got onto the program, Sharissa uh, whispered in my yeah. ear that we may, we're yes. praying for this, we may have him as our special guest next week to share his testimony. He's got that an amazing would be testimony. wonderful. He said, "I'll do whatever you guys want." Oh, so well, that's, that's I think like it's a blank an open, check. Yeah, that's it's a blank, blank check. check. <laughs> so we'll get him here, God willing, next okay. week. No drama. Well, where should we go now? All right. Well, um, there's there's a number of um, big items uh, to to look at, and so we also want to get to that Bible study as well that Sharice is going to continue with, which all. I mean, it all ties in. This is all the things we're going to be sharing. It, it all ties into that, that those final movements that are described there in Revelation, in the second half of Revelation in particular, you know, Revelation mm-hmm. 13, in particular to really zero in and 17 and 18, those three chapters. So um, let's go to the Middle East to begin yes. with because that's been um, front and centre uh, on people's minds. And, you know, we praise the Lord first and foremost for, for this temporary ceasefire, that has taken effect, and we've had five days of it up until this point in time. And I think they will be soon moving into their sixth day, um, Australian time. So I think Israel is like about eight or ten hours behind us. I think about 50, about 60 um, hostages have been freed out yeah. of Gaza. Yep. Praise the Lord for that. And, uh, and that's uh, a trade for 180 uh, prisoners that have been held in Israel, that is, um, Palestinian prisoners that have been escorted to the West Bank, mm-hmm. you know, the, that part that is occupied um, by the Israelis there in the West Bank where Bethlehem happens to be. And, mm. Yeah, I've been wow. into the, and Jericho happens to be wow. in the West Bank. So I've been over there and visited those places. And that's Those a, places hold so much meaning at oh, this they time do. of year too. They do, they do. And um, so, yeah, we praise the Lord for that, um, that there's been a, a ceasefire, that, uh, you know, the missiles and the, and the death and the, and the destruction and the carnage has, has you know, come to a pause for a few days at least. There's one more day. Um, I think our, our listeners, those who are in tune with the, with the news, know um, what the hostage um, and prisoner exchange situation is, so we don't want to get into that. But what I do want to emphasise and what I do want to look at is what I briefly touched on last week and that I have a sense, as I did with COVID, and I shared this uh, last week, um, Sharissa, you'll remember. Yeah, I, remember. I, I had a sense when COVID broke out, mm-hmm. when COVID broke out, uh, just, just the measures that were taken right from the get-go. Yep. Um, even before we knew too much about this virus, while it was still in its infancy stage, there was this incredible worldwide coordinated um, government push to, to lock down, um, to... To all of a sudden, you know, take away freedoms that we had taken for granted, and it kind of all literally um, converged. It converged, and it all happened literally overnight. And I'm not using overnight as a you know 
kind of, you know, we, we say, oh, you know, it, yeah, it's yeah. all happening, you know, it's happening in a blink of an eye, it's, it's happening mm-hmm. at lightning speed. We use these kind of phrases, you know, to, to say that something's happening very quickly. It but really literally, did happen overnight. It happened overnight <laughs> because I remember, um, you know, we, we knew about the virus and the virus had sort of you know, started to circulate, you know, outside of China and, and, and some of those surrounding nations had come to the US and potentially had come into Australia, I think. And um, it was in March, I remember. And I was at a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the funeral was on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was Wednesday. It was a pretty big funeral. It was a really uh, sad funeral because it was a, a young man, a father of three, and, yeah, he was in a, a motorbike accident. You might remember that, um, yeah, that man, he was part of the, the C4 uh, Seventh yes, Day Adventist Church, yeah, and yeah. so he was killed in a in a tragic um, motorbike accident, and yeah. so it was a pretty massive funeral. And I remember coming out of that funeral, I had my phone obviously switched off, and when I switched my phone back on, I got you know several text messages um, sharing with me the news that there was no church taking place that Saturday. In three days' time, there was no church. All the churches were going to be closed to the what public. Is the real, what is the real uh, phone call? Literally, <laughs> literally. And, um, you know, that, you know, we would be able to air um, the, you know, a live stream. So only those who were part of the worship team, AV and so forth, they could be in the church. And so this all happened at lightning speed. So like yourself and, and Justin, I think you guys were here at Hamilton Church when yes, you at that yes, time. Yeah. Yep. So literally we had to scramble. This was yeah. Wednesday night and you probably had to do the same. We had to scramble. I remember on Thursday, you know, um, Zoom. For for Sabbath school, you know, I mean, who knew what Zoom was before then? Yeah, now we Zoom everywhere. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, the only Zooming we did was from point A to point B in a car on a bike or whatever. And so, yeah, so I won't continue, but yeah, it all happened so quickly and overnight. And that, and I just had the sense that, that this was going to, this was going to be not for a few weeks or a couple of months, what we were initially told, you know, things were going to subside, we're going to get on top of this virus and, you know, we'll go back to normal. I just had a sense that this was going to be prolonged and there were going to be some pretty serious implications when it comes to freedoms and in particular when it comes to Bible prophecy, which is our our keen interest area. And so the same goes with this Gaza situation. When it broke out, I'm like, this is not just going to be another war. So let me explain to you briefly why I think this is very different. For the first time, um, we now have social media at play. Mm-hmm. Unlike really in the previous um, major engagements there in, in the Middle East, we've got social media engagement. We also have this literally no-win situation where, where you have Israel on one side that feels threatened, you know, that feels that its existence is threatened by these neighbours, you know, Hamas on one side, Hezbollah on the other. You know, then you've got others there in Syria and then you've got those in the West Bank. And so you've got you've got Israel and their fear you've got you've got the Palestinians and um and they feel like they're in some prison they feel that they're in this occupied um state they see that they don't have liberties and freedoms and so on and so forth and neither side is willing to come to the negotiation table and to find a peaceful resolution well for the Palestinians do you know what a peaceful resolution would be a two-state solution whereby the Israelis give back to the Palestinians all the land that they had pre-1967. You remember the the Six-Day War? Yeah. So that means there's about seven to 800,000 settlers, Israeli settlers, that have moved into that 
area into that Palestinian area as it was back in 19... They have to be evicted. And that's what not going to happen that, very easily, is it? No, that's not going to happen at all. And so... Um, and so you've got that taking place. And so you've got, so when you hear in the news, and folk, you, you really need to be aware of this. When you hear in the news this two state solution, you, you've heard it. Mm-hmm, they say mm-hmm. it all over the, you know, a two state solution. The reality is neither side is willing to do what it takes. And I take, I go back to my conversation that I had with our Palestinian bus driver in Jericho mm-hmm. in 2019. Yeah. And I, I asked him, you know, point blank after having a lovely discussion with him, I said, look, you know, what is the chance? What is the chance of a permanent um, coexistence between your people and between the Jewish people? Mm. You know, and he said, impossible. Yeah. It's never going to happen. I didn't fully understand all the ramifications as, I, as I'm beginning to understand now, but that's where it is. So now we've got this ceasefire. What, what do you think is going to happen um, when and if Israel decides to go back to the bombing? What do you think is going to happen in the world? Do you think they're going to be like, oh, well, yeah, fair enough. It was nice to have a little pause. And now back to it. No, there's going, going to be, be more anger, for peace. more out, more peace. So as I pointed out, this is going to require an outside of the norm political resolution an to sort an intervention. And so, you know, we're running out of time, but I just want to go back to, I don't know whether this guy is, is on the money or not. Time will tell, you know, Tim Rosenberg, yeah. where he suggests that this king of the south power is Islam, that in the end breaks up into three, mm-hmm. where you've got radical Islam that is wiped out, okay, and that would be your Hamas and so forth. You know, moderate Islam that joins with the king of the north, joins with this apostate Protestantism and Roman papacy and the west. And then you have the, the Islam that goes into the centre, into the middle, follows God's people and God's way. So he, that's what he says, and as he, as he lines up Daniel 11, and that's mm-hmm. something. And so we'll ponder that, but the bottom line is there, the cry for peace and safety, which is there in First Thessalonians chapter 5, it's very real and very clear. Yeah, well, you'll have to uh, explain maybe a little bit of some of that stuff a little bit later on because I, I, I always thought that the king of the south was more like godlessness and yeah, atheism. That that is also part of it. He yeah. sees, yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, he sees that, he sees the, the, the left and the atheists and the secular joining together with the, the, the radical Islam, mm-hmm. those two being squashed and wiped out in the end. And okay, whereby so he lumps it in the same yeah category. he lumps it in the same category he lumps both of them he says uh, Revelation nine mm-hmm. which is Islam yes, yes. and Revelation eleven which is atheism and the French Revolution he lumps them together they're they're teammates and they basically get wiped out and so yeah so anyway well what I can say to that is. If people aren't studying Bible prophecy, they really should get into it because there's so much there about oh. our day to day. And the news won't tell you this. The news won't tell you the this. The news won't tell you this. So. Oh, amazing so, stuff. So anyway, that's an overall view of where things are at and why we need to just keep praying and yeah. praying. But we can clearly see that those cogs, those wheels are turning. Absolutely. Well, let's listen now as the Discovery Singers bring us this powerful song, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Be blessed. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. 
chosen seed of Israel's race, ye ransom from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace, and crown him Lord. to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Hi all, I'm Bees the Chaplain. Join me for Blessings with Bees, where we make faith real. If you want to know more, visit me on my landing page at beesthechaplain.com. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you soon. Peace out and God bless. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. listening to the Looking Up program with Sharissa, Danny, and we're kept live today by Peter. And we're so glad that you're joining us for this uh, show. Again, a reminder, our uh, studio number here, if you want to text us a message or something, it's 0488-817-624, and we'll let you know in just a little bit what our giveaway will be as well um, for today as well. But in the meantime, we just started talking about uh, current events in mm. our previous episode, and uh, we were going all over the Middle East and what's happening there. Yes. And that was really, really interesting. So we'll see where that, 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 sadly, that situation, I don't believe, is going to be ending anytime soon, I think. Um, yeah. Well, time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell whether I'm proved to be a false prophet or not. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, we always pray for peace, but it just seems there's a convergence of, of so many things taking place right now, you yeah. know, so many different things taking place. And you just see that we're kind of heading to this summit 
yeah. um, where everything is coming together and, and God is potentially beginning to let loose those winds. But at the same time, as we'll make note of, he, yeah. he, he's still keeping some of those uh, still, strings in hand, you know, just holding right. them back, like letting go, maybe pulling back a little bit. Yeah. Well, just before, mm. to set that up, I've just got here a little article entitled Australia's East Coast is Rocked by a Swarm of Earthquakes. Wow. And the reason behind the unusual phenomenon is nothing to really get too worried about, but it's just an interesting fact that over the last few days, we've had 17 earthquakes spanned across three states with the largest earthquake being a magnitude of 2.5 recorded 60 kilometres northeast of Tamworth in New South Wales. Mm. And according to this article, it's nothing to be, you know, nothing unnatural. Sometimes there are sections of the Earth's crust that need to settle back into a way that they can start building up stress again. And sometimes that happens by releasing energy and by slipping in lots of little movements. And so that's what's going on. But speaking of earthquakes, Mm. we we discovered another earthquake <laughs> a little shock here <laughs> it was a big tremor in the studio today uh, Pastor Danny was discovered I, I actually managed to break some news to him he folks did, I, I was amazed <laughs> I was like really I found something he didn't <laughs> but uh, yes we were talking about we're going to talk about the COP28 conference and uh, that begins in two days yeah well it begins uh, Thursday in Dubai time so okay. that'll be I guess yeah probably Friday morning our time right this and week and the Pope was set to address He that. was, he was. This would be the first time um, in all the COP meetings, which began in 1995, that the Pope himself would in person address a COP28. So there was a lot of excitement. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, he was seen to take a leading hand in that, um, to be part of that opening address, urging the world leaders and you know i think there's about 30 to 40,000 people that will be gathered there in dubai wow. uh, for this for this cop 28 session and to urge them to take more serious and concrete action right well i just read pastor danny a headline that shook him it did shake me <laughs> and that is the pope has cancelled his trip Based on doctor's orders, he's been unwell. And so, yeah, he's flu-like condition. Um, he seems to have something, inflammation of the lungs by the looks from mm. what I'm reading here. And so he's not able to go and give that address, which, uh, yeah, was... Well, there'll be a lot of people that... Are, yeah, I did from the Guardian. There, there are many who are disappointed. I mean, but the reality is this, the Pope, the current Pope is 86 years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, he's, he's got a use-by date, yes. as we all do, even though he may... Uh, think or the church may claim that he is God on earth and God alone is um, immortal, but he is very much mortal, right. um, as all humans are. And so, yeah, he's, he's, he's got to use by date. His, his time is ticking. And so, as we know, the older you get, the more the bugs come along. Um, but it's interesting that you shared with me he has he's he's done a he's done a lot of traveling hasn't he our friend yeah, this Pope Francis was, uh, this would have been his 45th trip abroad wow and he started if i remember correctly in 2013 i think that's when he was inaugurated so that's yeah. say 10 years 11 years this a year a lot of trips a lot of trips for someone who you know started traveled in style started in his 70s <laughs> it was 75 when he started so yeah, that's that's a lot of trips uh, but yeah it is a lot of trips yeah he does travel first class um, yeah. <laughs> well and true this was this was from the guardian this was really fascinating and um it says it says with francis's withdrawal from the conference which begins on thursday cop 28 will lose a high profile advocate of the environment 
a moral authority recognizable on the global stage whose words some believed could nudge leaders to take concrete action. And so, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of disappointment that he won't be there in person. Whether he shares a message, um, via video, time will tell, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see that. Um, if that takes place, I, I I presume he probably will, um, share, share a message via video. But it is really, really interesting that, um, Pope Francis, he's taken the lead. And we've got to, we have to actually understand, and the Bible actually talks about this. Let's, let's go to Revelation 13 3 before I, uh, continue waffling. Revelation 13 3 and, Let's just um, ground ourselves in what the Bible has to say. Revelation 13, 3. Do you want to read that, please? Sure. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. All right. Commentary. My dear friend, Charissa, what's this talking about? Well, as I understand it, the beast here of Revelation 13 would be the sea beast. It's the first beast in the chapter, and that we identify based on all of its characteristics as the papacy, the Roman Church of the Dark Ages. And here it's fascinating that the Bible says that this power would receive a deadly wound, Mm -hmm. something that would like wipe it out. After ruling and reigning for over a millennia, 1260 years. True. But after that deadly wound is received, remarkably, it will resurrect. It have a resurrection, and the whole world will follow it. Amazing. And, and yeah, they the, won't just follow; they will marvel. They will marvel exactly. And that word "marvel," if you look it up in Strong's Concordance, it means to greatly admire and to be to be in awe. Uh, the first time that word marvel is used in connection with Jesus and his miracle working power, when you read it, that word for marvel in the Greek, it's in the, it's in the book of Matthew. Yeah. It appears a number of times, the majority of times, in connection with Christ and his miracle working power. So this is, this is the, the counterfeit. Coming up out of the sea. Yeah, coming up out of like the sea. A little bit like Jesus. The resurrection. Yeah. The resurrection. Uh, well, as you know, there's so it's many. counterfeit. There's so many parallels between the Antichrist and the real Christ. Wow. So many. Now, go to Revelation 17, if you could, and verse 12 and 13 there, it says exactly the same thing. This time, it's zeroing in at the very end of time. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. Okay, so we've talked about this in the past, but there may be some who are listening for the very first time, and we welcome you, and we all need to be on the same page. This year, once again, speaking of the beast, speaking of the Roman papacy, that will that will receive authority from the ten kings or the ten horns, which are ten kings. These are the entirety of the world leaders. This wow. is the, these are all the global leaders. They give their authority to the Roman papacy and invite the Roman papacy to 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 the throne to lead the world for a very short time. It says for one hour, and they'll be of one mind. This is the new world order here. Wow. And if you take a look at a number of the headlines when it comes to the last number of COP meetings, it's, you know, to save the world. This is, you know, one world, one world or no world. You know, either we're going to have a new world or no world. And so it's very, very fascinating. So the reason why I share that is because in 2015, when Laudato Si came out, that was Pope Francis's first encyclical, 
There was, there was high hopes that there would be a, a huge um, collective agreement that would be made at Paris, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the Paris Climate Summit at the end of the year. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. And we all refer to that Paris Climate Change Agreement mm-hmm. where they made a decision that they'll seek to keep the, you know, the global emissions down to 1.5 degrees mm-hmm. um, above uh, pre-industrial levels. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? This year is seen as another pivotal moment, okay? Mm-hmm. That was 2015, eight years later. And so guess who puts out an encyclical just before COP28? There's only one person who does. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Pope Francis. Yeah. And we've talked about his encyclical in yeah. the past, and people can go online and, and take a look at it, Laudato Deum this time. And this time it's not from a biblical perspective. The other one was more biblical, mm-hmm. uh, more spiritual, more theological. This one is political. scientific, political and scientific and very much political. And who did he throw under the bus that they needed to do more in order to get with the program? What nation did, did he throw under the bus, Am which I, is the second beast of Revelation 13? Say, is it the US? The USA, you remember, right at the end. Yeah. Not China, not anyone else, but he throws the USA under the bus. And why is that? To give the signal that you... According to Revelation 13, you, according to Revelation 13, need to be the one that leads the way. You need to lead the charge. Get with the program. Well said, well said. Get with the program. And so we don't know what's going to happen at COP28, but he was supposed to give the opening address. And so now that they was, have to find someone else. Now they have to find someone else. Let me find something. This is pre, uh, pre this announcement that you made of him not going. This was... Um, there's a La Dauto Sea movement, right? Uh-huh. Um, that was started not so long ago, Catholics for our common home. And you're going to come across that, that phrase, common home, common home, you know, uh, common goals, common purpose, where we need to work collectively regarding this. And let me just go here to the bottom. It's a really fascinating, um, where was it here? Here we go. Why will Pope Francis go to Dubai? All right, this is from La Dauto Sea. Okay, it's, it's loading up here. So he's obviously not going, but this was on November 28. Um, so when was that, Shari? So that was only, what, today, yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Here we go. L- listen to this. COP28 will take place in the United Day Remembrance from November 30, da 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 um, Won't go there. Um, the United Nations Climate Summit in Dubai will mark a milestone when for the first time a Supreme Pontiff will attend the sessions. All right. But why is Pope Francis going to Dubai? Okay, he's not, but that's beside the point. Let's take a look at why he was going. After the recent publication of Laudato Deum, I'm reading from Laudato Si movement. Okay, mm-hmm, this is from mm-hmm. the Catholic Church's um, own own main um, movement in connection with uh, the environment. After the recent publication of Laudato Deum, an apostolic exhortation that updates his Laudato Si 2015 message, the Pontiff has shown real concern. With the passage of time, these are his words from Laudato Deum, with the passage of time, I have realized that our responses have not been adequate while the world in which we live is collapsing and may be nearing the breaking point. It goes on. It says here, the Pope's remarks at the start of the summit, he was supposed to be giving yeah, remarks, yeah. he still may through video, are expected, listen to this, listen to this, are expected to set the tone for the rest of the negotiations, hmm. said Lorna Gold, chair of Laudato Si Movement's board of directors. After meeting Pope Francis a few weeks ago, she added that Francis's presence at COP shows the absolute gravity, using her words, of the situation facing the planet and so i mean this is just 
This is straight out of what we've just read in Revelation 13 and Revelation 17. And so we, we have all this taking place. We've got many others that are jumping on board. This is, yeah, that's Go amazing. for it. Did you want to share something before I... Well, just on similar, um, based on what we were reading, that Bible verse before, and, and it's in connection with all of this. It's a, an article from your favorite magazine. Time magazine. Yeah. And it's, the signs uh, of the times. Yeah, it says, and I've got one here. It's oh, still in the wrapping. Wow! And guess I haven't Look even unwrapped it. Look at that on the and, front. And, what is it? Hundred climate. The hundred <laughs> most influential leaders driving business to real climate action. I'm wow, telling you, it's all about Time well, Magazine. Listen to World this. Economic Forum, UN. They're all on the same bandwagon. We're here, right on that. How 10 years of Pope Francis has changed climate action. Of course, it says, you know, right from day one, he was geared to make changes. But this is interesting. Just at the end of the article, it says here, um, at the end of the article, it says that uh, when the Pope was elected, there was enormous amount of goodwill, says this person. The world was ready for his message, but the Catholic Church is no longer a credible institution. Now, I was just thinking what well, the Bible mm-hmm. says, that, you know, the world will wonder after mm-hmm. this, be amazed at this. It goes on, and so it talks about how the Pope has encouraged and called on Catholic institutions worldwide to divest from fossil fuel investments, but not all have heeded his message. Now... Though, as you go to the end of the article, care for the climate, care for the earth. This is now part of the church's teachings, and people around the world are taking up the message and turning it into real action. That is his legacy, and it will endure. Isn't wow. that amazing? It's huge. So it says, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the the church didn't have that it was, pull, it was and actually, now it's linking. Now it, it didn't have article. very good. It did not have very good PR. But before now mm-hmm. everybody thinks we mm-hmm. need to do what this this is. And saying. did Pope Francis come? into existence because the old Pope died? No. No, 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 no. And why did he choose Francis of Assisi as yeah. his name? Well, Who I'm, is Francis of Assisi? Have you got it there? I've got it all here, right, but we right, might have to it come out. back. Spit it. Oh, we're going to come because back. She's, she's got us on the edge. <laughs> she's got us on Don't the edge. Don't go anywhere, friends, because Sandra and I'm Tim telling you, the Bible <laughs> is more alive now than it's ever been. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. We're going home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's listen to Sandra sing for us, Sea of Forgetfulness, a beautiful song. And unworthy How can I be forgiven And holy And I know I break your heart But you promised I could start all over And all the things I've done You've placed them each and every one Into the sea of forgetfulness you placed all of my sin for I am the one who keeps reminding you over and over again into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east from the west seventeen times seven you've forgiven me you keep cleansing me and placing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness. I 
and song Sandra Entman bringing to us Sea of Forgetfulness and there's I think we needed to hear that today mm. to be reminded that when we come to Jesus and bring our sin and confess them to him he promises to cleanse us to forgive Amen. us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness casting it into the sea of forgetfulness when God chooses to forget something it's an amazing thing there's nothing like it. Yeah, nothing he like chooses it. to forget our sin. Beautiful. Well, you're listening divine to divine amnesia. I like that. Divine yeah. amnesia. You're listening to the Looking Up program, and we have come time in that program to tell you about today's giveaway. There are only three copies of this little book available. It's entitled Memorable Encounters, and this little book is a collection of stories of men and women who've had amazing encounters. Sometimes there's a first encounter and then there's always a last one, but between both we have many that can change our lives. If you're interested in being inspired by these stories, we encourage you to text in today's code word and because our program's already well and truly underway, I'm going to tell the code word mm-hmm. now. Indeed. As the storm yeah, is like... You might hear a storm all around us here. I'm telling you, we're about to hit hail here. Yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah. happening. You might have some extra sound effects on today's broadcast, but um, today's the the code word is L U two three storm. How appropriate! Very appropriate. L U two three storm. If you text that word to this number, 
0488-817-624. That's the number of the studio, LU23STORM. Text it to 0488-817-624. And if you're one of the first three people to do so, this little book will be coming to you. And wow, I can hear the storm. I'm telling you, I think, I think it's hail out there, my friend. Is it really? Um, you you said it would be. Yeah, well, it looked definitely like hail. looks like it. It looked like hail. So Peter's going to have a Peter's check. Peter's going to have oh, a look. Peter, he don't nearly get got blown away. He nearly got blown away. <laughs> He's quickly closed the door. Wow. It's, it's all happening. It's pretty hairy out there, is it, Peter? I'm telling you, the world is in a very stormy place and it we is. are in the midst of it right here, right now. It is. But praise the Lord, this storm is passing, but there's yeah. another storm coming. Yes. And there's only one place to find shelter only in the one time place. of storm. And where is that? In Jesus Christ. In Jesus. Isn't there a beautiful hymn? Yeah. A shelter yeah. in the time, time of storm. storm. Mighty yeah. rock. Wow. In a weary land. Yeah, yeah. wow. So praise the Lord, we have Jesus to keep us and guide us through the storm. And, um, and you know, you're going to come to that very interesting thought. But I thought of, of sharing, um, you know, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. We're talking about storms. We're talking about Jesus. Yes. Um, in the midst of the storm, he stands up on behalf of his people. And this is that famous um, scripture in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. This is... This is the time of the end. This is just before Jesus returns when all hell is breaking loose on the earth, when those angels have released the four winds and it's absolute chaos and confusion. God will have his protection over his people that are sealed with his seal mm. and don't have the mark of the beast. And do you want to read uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1? At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Okay, before you go on, who is Michael who stands watch? It's the, it's the warrior name for Jesus. Yeah, that's Jesus Christ himself. Yes. Uh, the, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. Amen. What a beautiful, what a beautiful scripture, eh? As we I think, love it. It as, comes right after Daniel chapter eleven mm, <laughs> with the does. king of the north and the, the king, king of the, of the south. south. Yes, and we are, and we, it's like the real king of the north, true north, heaven stands up, Michael. Absolutely, absolutely. So we praise the Lord for that, and um, you know, there. If I could just share another scripture, um, Sharissa, mm. Psalm ninety-one. And this, oh, this is just a, a beautiful scripture, and maybe you can read it if you like. It's even more beautiful with the storm. It is. It is. <laughs> Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. And if you want to read, um, yeah, so they're the first two verses, and then read the bookend okay. of that Psalm, verses 15 and 16. They're just so powerful and oh. so encouraging, especially for those that are going to be living on the eve of Jesus coming. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. In the last part of the chapter, mm. he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Beautiful. Beautiful. And that whole psalm, isn't it? That, 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 yeah. That's an end time psalm. That God's, it's, it's worth memorizing that, that psalm. I love it because at the beginning, you know, it says what we will say, you mm. know, we will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. At mm. the end, God says, I will, I will, I will. Mm. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I haven't thought of that, but that, that, that's right on. So, folk, nothing to be afraid of. No. Uh, if we have Jesus in our boat, we can smile at the storm. 
Yes. And as long as he is in our boat, this world will be heading into some serious um, turbulent waters. Yeah. That's what the Bible says, but we don't need to be afraid because Jesus is with us. And whilst ever he is with us, no matter what we go through, he's going to see us through to the other side, and that is what matters most. Amen. Getting to the other side uh, where there will be no more pain, suffering, and sorrow. So, If Jesus isn't the pilot of your ship or the captain of your ship, you need to ask him to be because he's the only Amen. one with safe hands. Amen. And just to help us to get through every day. Yeah. Every day. Um, Amen. So... Now, you, you, you were going to share that, that really interesting thought that, all, that we were discussing uh, yeah, regarding um, Pope Francis. It was just an interesting intro here to the article, why he took the name Francis. Mm. Um, it was basically after a 13th century saint of Assisi, upon hearing the voice of Jesus instructing him to repair a collapsing chapel, St. Francis, the historical St. Francis, revitalized chapel and the Catholic Church while celebrating the natural world. And it was like the new Pope, that's our mm -hmm. current Pope, um, heard the same message, says this person in the article, coordinator of ecology and creation. He says, it was Francis's go, it was Francis go and repair my house, which is falling into ruin. And it's not just the church, but the planet Earth, which as we know is in a very bad state. Mm. So it was an interesting connection. Well, that, that is interesting because Pope Francis has, has often referred to our world has become a pile of filth. Yeah. You remember, you've said that. And, um, and just an, an add-on to that, Pope Francis, it was no coincidence that uh, this Pope that has been really at the forefront, probably the, the leading champion, I would say, in the last 10 years of the climate movement, that he chose the name Francis. Mm -hmm. Francis of Assisi, um, according to the Catholic Church, was the saint of ecology. Wow. The saint of ecology. So it's quite interesting. And it's interesting, you know, as we, as we just continue on that, that, um, that the papacy has um, decided that it's time to, to roll out. Roll out is its ecological conversion yep. plan yep. for 2030. So yep. it, it rolled it out this year, launched its sustainable mobility program called ecological conversion yeah. um, 2030 and so people can go to their websites you know and they can check it all out for for themselves we don't have time to to really unpack all that and um but it's it's really fascinating that you have so many people now getting behind it both religious and the non-religious and they are really getting behind it and it's um fascinating what i read uh, in connection with Sunday in particular that was shared. Where are we here? I need to find it. Okay, this was shared by Roman Catholic Bishop John Sherrington, Sherrington of the Diocese of Westminster in London. Right. Okay, he, he's talking about this ecological conversion that Pope Francis has um, said we need, to, we need to all take on board as humanity. Yes. You know what conversion means? Conversion. Yeah. Conversion means you're heading in the wrong direction. You need to be converted. You need to be True. born again. Yep. That, you know, we, we speak of spiritual conversion apart from Christ, and then you are converted to Christ. You come to Christ, so you follow a different way. Mm -hmm. So this ecological conversion is moving from where we are going, from the destruction of the planet, um, as far as Pope Francis is concerned and many others are concerned, and I'm also concerned, we're all concerned about the planet. The conversion is to do a U-turn and head in a very di different direction. So let me share this with you. This is from um, yeah, Bishop John Sherrington. Check this out. <laughs> 
in connection with this whole ecological conversion movement. He says, a first step towards ecological conversion is to appreciate more deeply the mystery of God's creation and to respond with gratitude and reverence. At the end of the sixth day of creation, God saw all that he had made, and indeed it was very good, Genesis mm-hmm. one thirty one. And on the seventh day he rested, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, Genesis two three. The account of creation in the book of Genesis establishes the pattern of the Jewish Sabbath. It's not a Jewish Sabbath. It was given to Adam and Eve, to the entire human race, as a holy day and a day of rest. He goes on. St. John Paul, in his encyclical Deus Domini, okay, that's the day of the Lord, 1998. I remember reading that. I was at college in my last year of, of college doing my theological studies. He goes on. Explores the rich meaning of the Lord's Day, Sunday, in the light of its Jewish origins. Then he goes on. Every Sunday we celebrate the joy of Easter Sunday, the mystery of our redemption, the gift of God's creation, and are caught into the mystery of the new creation as all things are renewed in Christ. See this newness coming through? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is an invitation to deepen our contemplation of the gift of all of God's creation on this day of gratitude. We can each take practical small steps to deepen the appreciation of this gift, to pause and behold the beauty of of a plant, to walk in nature, to clean up rubbish and to seek to make the world more beautiful. He's saying that we need to bring back Sunday sacredness. Wow. And this is, we read this, you remember last week? Yeah, I did. I shared that from the, the 2025 project. You know, that's that, amazing stuff. You know, that. the 2025 presidential transition project. Like this is absolutely huge, and um, we're kind of running out of time. We may tap into some of this um, uh, during our Bible study time, which will be the next two sections. But there, I just want to repeat, they have on page 589. Fascinating page <laughs> when you compare <laughs> it to what we have in the Great Controversy on page 589. Sabbath rest. God ordained the Sabbath as a day of rest. And until very recently, the Judeo-Christian tradition sought to honor that mandate by moral and legal regulation of work on that day. Okay, I'll skip, I'll skip the last little bit, bit. I'll go to what they're suggesting, the new administration does. And they're hoping it's going to be a Republican president and a Republican administration leading the charge from January 20, 2025. This is what they say. Congress should encourage communal rest by amending the Fair Labor Standards Act. That's a law to require that workers be paid time and a half for hours worked on the Sabbath. Yes. And and it goes on. It talks about Sunday. Which would be Sunday. Which I would be Sunday. Says. Yeah, it goes on. It says that day would default to Sunday. Yeah. Except for employers with a sincere religious observance of a Sabbath at a different time, e.g. Friday, Sunday. It's just um, amazing. So, so, so these are all steps so we can see that... You know, we, we there, there's movement in place, and yeah. it's happening from all different sectors. Be it the climate, be it our friends there, these conservative think tanks in the United got so States. Many friends in the world. Oh, they're, they're all friends. <laughs> <laughs> they're all friends. They all need to be saved. God wants yeah, to save all. Um, whether it be that, there's just so many different angles. It whereby, really is. It's just amazing to think that that's even there in paper and it's pushing for, you know, 2025 because I, I know we've talked about this with many friends, Bible study, we've been studying the Bible with people and they're like, really, you think that's going to happen? You really think this would happen one day where, you know, there'd be a push for Sunday and we can see it. It's literally right in front it's of us. It's literally there, this this 920 page and that document. book that you've got there, I guess you'll take us to a quote. The Great Controversy. Yes. Yeah, I will. Okay. I, I certainly will. We haven't got time for it right now. But we haven't got time for it now. But yeah, maybe after the break we can yes. do that and springboard into the Bible study. So yeah, there's just so much folk. 
you won't want to go away from Wednesdays 3.30 to 5.30 <laughs> looking up. We have got so much coming up and um, so you, you need to be tuning in every week um, just to continue to put those pieces together and share with others. Yeah. Tell people to listen in or to get it as a podcast at a later time because when people see this, they're like, wow, this is real. That's right. I mean, even atheists um, are talking about this 2025 and you know they're saying, what on earth is going on? Yeah. What do these guys want? Are these guys crazy? <laughs> well... There's a lot more where all of this came from, so don't go anywhere. We're going to listen to Wilder Atkins. Leave it there, after which we will continue with these uh, Bible study thoughts. If the world you withhold of its silver and its gold And you have to get along with me, your fish just remember in his word how he feeds a little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there, oh leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And if you trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden. To the Lord and leave it there. And if your body suffers pain and your health you can regain, and your soul is almost sinking in despair, Jesus knows the pain you feel, He can save and He can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And when your enemies assail and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. And he will make a way for you and he will lead you safely through. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there, oh, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And if you trust Him through your doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there.
leave it there, oh, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And if you trust him, do your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And if you trust him, do your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And here we are. That song was a beautiful one and it went very quick. <laughs> it caught did us indeed. off guard the end well of the Well and truly. Well, here we are looking up program and just amazing that you're all so quick there with the code words because our all of our offers have been claimed. And so congratulations to today's winners on obtaining your prize. We trust that it will be a blessing to you. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to contribute to our discussion in any way, we have a number here. You're still welcome to text us any comments or insights that you'd like to share on today's subject, 0488-817-624. All right, Pastor Danny. All right. I want to share a few words um, from this book called <laughs> no The Great... No surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. The, the surprise is a few. few. more words. Few. Yes, 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 few. Um, from the book The Great Controversy, this okay. book written by... Um, a person who was inspired by God um, to write messages, not only to, to the church, to the Seventh-day Adventist church, but to the world. And this book, The Great Controversy, that God shared with the, this, this, this woman, Ellen White, who was called at the age of 17, to be a messenger of God, needs to be distributed more than any other. Amen. And in the chapter, in chapter, I was just reading it this afternoon before coming here, in the chapter... Chapter 36, there's 42 chapters. Chapter 36 entitled The Impending Conflict. Mm -hmm. Okay, that needs no... Sounds like a coming storm. Yeah, like the coming storm. These are just a few things that she shares and as we tie all this up with what's going on right now. Let me just first of all talk about the climate, okay? This is what she says. She says, Satan works through the elements also to garner his harvest of unprepared souls. He has studied the secrets of the laboratories of nature and he uses all his power to control the elements as far as God allows. Mm -hmm. So we've got an increase in natural disasters and calamities. Guess who is behind it first and foremost? It's Satan. Mm -hmm. God is allowing him. She goes on. She says, one trouble, well, well she, she mentions Job, mm -hmm. and in the story of Job, we, we know that uh, Satan is able to bring fire down from heaven, he's able to cause a windstorm, um, to destroy, he's able to, uh, to, to bring about disease, boils, yeah. which yeah. he does. You can read all that in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. He says, but the Christian world, she goes on, but the Christian world have shown contempt for the law of Jehovah, because that's going to be the sticking thing, you know, it's all about God's law. And the Lord will do just what he declared that he would do. He will withdraw his blessings from the earth and remove his protecting care from those who are rebelling against his law and teaching and forcing others to do the same. Okay, wow. that, that's going to be taking place. And then she goes on. She says, Satan has control of all whom God does not especially guard. And then she goes on. While appearing to the children of men as a great physician who can heal all their maladies, he will bring disease and disaster until populous cities are reduced to ruin. She says, Satan is exercising his power. He sweeps away the ripening harvest and famine and distress follow. He imparts to the air a deadly taint and thousands perish by the pestilence or disease. 
These visitations are to become more and more frequent and disastrous. All right. Mm-hmm. Now let's skip down a few a few lines. She goes, and then the great deceiver will persuade men that those who serve God are causing these evils. It will be declared that men are offending God by the violation of the Sunday Sabbath. That this sin has brought calamities which will not cease until Sunday observance shall be strictly enforced. And that those who present the claims of the fourth commandment, thus destroying reverence for Sunday, are troublers of the people, preventing their restoration to divine favor and temporal prosperity. Wow. That is exactly what happened in the days of Elijah. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Elijah was accused of causing that horrible three-and-a-half-year famine. Mm -hmm. And you remember what Elijah said to King Ahab? No, it's not me. It's you. You are a troubler of Israel. That's right. And that's what, well, King Ahab said, you're a troubler of Israel. (laughs) And God's people at the end of time, God's Sabbath-keeping people at the end of time, they'll be considered the troublers of the the world. world. Yeah. That is uniting together to, to save this world. And um, Jesus and, says that in Matthew 25, you will be hated by all nations yeah, absolutely, for my name's Absolutely. Sake. Matthew 24, he says that. And, um, and so this is, this is really, really fascinating. Now, if I, if I tap into the other side, okay, so the right, they are emphasizing family, you know, this Project 2025, this Republican mandate. Um, is emphasizing morality, the family, and so on and so forth. We may have some time to look into that. But the other side, okay, they're, sorry, yeah, the other side, the left are emphasizing the climate, mm-hmm. of course, the mm-hmm. Democrats, whereas the Republicans, they're emphasizing, you know, family, but they're both going to unite mm-hmm. on the Sunday. Mm. They're both, because they're both, one for the climate, one for the family. Yeah. Now, let me share with you a little on, um, on this whole idea of, of morality. Check this out. She says, Those who honor the Bible Sabbath will be denounced as enemies of law and order, as breaking down the moral restraints of society, causing anarchy and corruption, and calling down the judgments of God upon the earth. Their conscientious scruples will be pronounced obstinacy, stubbornness, contempt of authority. They will be accused of disaffection toward the government. Hmm. Okay, so those who will be against um, this Sunday National, beginning it's in the Christian United nationalism. States. This is, yes. Um, and a worldwide Sunday that will be for family, that will be for the environment, that will be for the economy, that will be for the poor, that will be for you name it. Sunday will be seeing peace and safety, yeah. uh, bringing about unity. Sunday will be that day. And, and, guess, yeah. and if I just finish off with this, this yes. is at the, end of it, at the end of the chapter. This is what it says. It says, the dignitaries of church and state will unite. We're seeing that. COP28 is preceded by what? There was a two-day COP28 faith summit. That's right. Okay. Um, 28 faith leaders drawing from all of the world's major religions signaled their commitment to environment action with the signing of Confluence of Conscience, uniting for planetary resurgence known as the Abu Dhabi Interfaith Statement for COP28. So, So church... Forget about church. Religion, world religions are uniting together, the big five in particular, um, are uniting together with governments around the world in order to address the whole climate issue. And this is really the thing, like, you know, 
people, what the book is saying, what the Bible tells us is that, you know, there'll be a push from, from the people to yes. try and fix the problem. But the, the point of the Bible is the world is in such a state that only God can fix mm-hmm. this problem. Mm-hmm. And, and Christ himself will usher in his own kingdom without the help of human hands. Exactly. And that's Daniel that, 2.44. Exactly. That exactly. stone that, cut out without hands. Exactly. Exactly. And notice right on that what it says. It says here, this last, this last paragraph in this um, chapter, The Impending Covenant. I'd really encourage our folk to get this book, read it. You can get read it online. You can listen to it online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you need, everyone needs to read What's this book. What's the title book. of the book again? The Great Controversy, Great written Controversy. about 150 years ago. The first edition came out back in the 1850s. I think her vision was in 1858, if I remember, somewhere around that period of time. Um, then She had it at a funeral. Yeah, that's right. At a funeral, it was a two-hour vision. Incredible wow. story. And you can probably read the story behind that vision if you go online. But she goes on. She says, The dignitaries of church and state will unite, not might unite, will unite to bribe, persuade, or compel all classes to honor the Sunday. The lack of divine authority will be supplied by oppressive enactments. Mandates. Have you heard of any mandates? <laughs> what on earth is this thing called? This is called the mandate. It's called the Mandate Project. You know, this 2025, you know, project is a mandate for the president. Wow. When you read it, I might, if we have time later, I don't know if I'll have time to read it, (laughs) but it's really fascinating. Um, Anyway, where was I up to? Here we go. Political corruption is destroying love of justice and regard for the truth. Mm -hmm. And even in free America, rulers and legislators in order, now listen to this, in order to secure public favor. So who is the one that's going to be pushing it? The, the, the political establishment is not going to be pushing this. No, this is going to come from the roots up, from the grassroots through these, through these conservative political organizations. Put pressure on the politicians. This is the 25, 2025 transition project for the president. We are reading it right here. These guys... They're, they're, they're not in Congress. Yep. They're not in the Senate. They're not in the House. They're, they're not Supreme Court justices. Rallying the people. They are rallying the people. There's over 50 of these um, organizations. In order to secure pu- public favor, we'll yield to the popular demand for a law-enforcing Sunday observance. So this tells me it's not going to be easy going. There's going to be a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on the elected government leaders and the Supreme Court not to go down this road because this absolutely obliterates the the Constitution, the mm-hmm. First Amendment, which separates church and state. This obliterates it to have a national Sunday law whereby you know, the government institutes um, a day of worship, whether you worship or not is beside the point, but we know there's going to be worse and worse enactments on those who don't. That's against the Constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, the government doesn't have a role to play in how you worship, who you worship, if you want to worship at all. That's why the atheists are up in arms. Mm-hmm. I sent you a video from yeah, an atheist. It's amazing. A young 22-year-old law student. She's, I don't know whether she's an atheist or not, but she's a secular. And she's like saying, how on earth is this happening? She's you know, saying it's unconstitutional. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so anyway, let, let, me, let me finish off reading here. She goes on. Liberty of conscience, which has cost so great a sacrifice, will no longer be respected. In the soon coming conflict, conflict, we shall see exemplified the prophet's words, quoting from Revelation 12, 17, 
The dragon, that'd be Satan, was wroth with the woman. That would be God's end time people, God's end time church. And went to make war with the remnant of her seed or those at the very end of time which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm. We are literally seeing this being played out right now and through spiritualism combining together with this Sunday movement, the two are going to go hand in hand. And we know that signs, miracles and wonders are going to be part of the end game at the end of time. We know that from Revelation 13. He even causes what? Fire. To fall from heaven. To fall from heaven in the sight of men in order to make this convincing. So you're going to have the left and the right. As I've always pointed out, the, you know, that, that whole Genesis picture, the three blessings in Genesis where God blessed the first blessing in connection with the environment and the animals, where the left, you know, they hold on to that. The second blessing, marriage and the family and the right, they're the ones that, you know, that, that's their flagship. And then you have the third blessing, the Sabbath. And Sunday will be seen to bring the left and the right together. Just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the left and the right in Jesus' day, came together to to put Jesus on the cross. And one of the points was over the Sabbath Hmm. in Jesus' day. You can read about that in the Gospels. That's true. Absolutely. Fascinating. And if we could just add this, our friends... Our friends there friends from are we talking about the now? 2025. <laughs> I didn't know we had a mandate for leadership. Um, they've got they've got four central pillars yes. for what the agenda is. Okay, and I just want to share with you what the first one is, and then I'm going to hand over to you. Guess what the first one is? In fact, you read it there. Number one. What's first the first one? pillar is restore the family as the centerpiece of American life and protect our children. What did we just read? Those who honor the Bible Sabbath will be denounced as enemies of law and order as breaking down the moral restraints of society. Wow. How do you bring society back together? You've got to start off with the family. The family is the building block, the essential building block of society. As goes the family, so goes society. That's why commandment number five, sister, Mm -hmm. is the first commandment dealing with our relationships with one another. What did God say? Honor your mother and your father that your days may be what? Long, Long upon, upon the, the land, land which the Lord has given God you. Have mercy. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. Amazing. Oh, I don't know what to say anymore. It's all well, over. He's it's run all out of over. words, folks. He's run out of words. So it's up to the Bible study now. We've got <laughs> 15 minutes to do a bit of a Bible study with. I promised Sharissa I was going to give her two sections and I've, 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 I've just botched that all up. No, no, Well, it was kind of all. a Bible study. No, but. It's, it's very important and I think we could actually just finish this segment off by just reflecting on mm. uh, what you're sharing there because, yeah, I guess, you know, we can see that marriage – uh, has been under attack. It has know, been, yes. The institution of marriage and marriage and the Sabbath, both gifts of from God in Eden before sin. Um, when one is attacked, you can mm. be sure the other is going to be attacked not far behind. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely seeing that in what's happening. And yeah, it's just amazing. And if I could just share this real brief because we're running out of time, but it's interesting, those three blessings, you think of the Industrial Revolution, the first one that comes under attack is the environment, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. with the Industrial Revolution. Next one, marriage and family mm-hmm. is number two. Number three. Oh, it's coming. You can see it. You can see it in the one, progression two, of history. Yeah, you know, amazing. the last 200 plus years since the Industrial Revolution. You can't make this stuff up. This is just phenomenal. Well, we hope you're enjoying this um, this deep dive into current events and Bible prophecy. With us, we're going to listen to Jason Horde now bring to us a song entitled Rattle. How about that for a song? Mm. After which there'll be the news and then we will begin our Bible study into the Mark of the Beast. Stay with us. 
surely it was through Since when has impossible ever stopped you Friday's disappointment Sunday's empty too Since when has impossible ever stopped you This is the sound of dry bones rattling This is the praise make a dead man walk again Open the grave, I'm coming out I'm gonna live, gonna live again This is the sound of dry bones rattling Bones rattling. This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Questions you need answered? The popular question of the day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the afternoons with Shell program. So send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 04 
everyone. You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. show and wow time is flying today we're on our last lap around the, what's new the, the park it feels like right now Flies but every time. uh yeah all of our free offers have been claimed so that's great and pastor danny you were gonna let me begin I the was. bible study but then he said i've just got one other thing to say <laughs> well, this was just real quick so this is going to be in 20 seconds or less um <laughs> this was a a news item november 21 um the title was catholic leaders White House officials talk climate change as COP28 nears. And basically, a group of delegates, including three U.S. Catholic bishops and the head of a conference of women religious, met with Biden administration officials on November 17 to discuss the Catholic Church's priorities for what Pope Francis has called our suffering planet. Just I wanted to point out, it's fascinating how we've got Catholic um, religious leaders meeting together with the with the government administration with Biden, who's a Catholic himself, um, the in order to to share the vision of Pope Francis and what the United States needs to do in order to get on board. I'd love to have been part of. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall, as they say, to you know when those discussions were taking place. But this just tells you Revelation thirteen. Yeah. These two beasts are coming together, and the lamb-like beast, the United States will give its power and authority to the first beast, the Roman papacy, which will lead the world as we have discovered. So this is just fulfilling Bible prophecy. Enough. Enough from me. Enough. Well, I think the table has been well and truly set now for us to talk about the mark of the beast because you just mentioned those two beasts there, Mm. Revelation 13. So maybe we should say one more prayer uh, before we uh, unpack that. Would you open with prayer for us? Father in heaven, as we're about to open up your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide and lead our our moments together that we have left this afternoon, and we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Mark of the Beast is a subject that gets a lot of people's attention and a lot of people wondering, you know, is it a barcode? Is it a chip under the skin? Is it the vaccine? Like, is it a mm-hmm. whole bunch of things? Mm-hmm. But when we look at the Bible, we see that it's mentioned in the book of Revelation, and the book of Revelation is not an ordinary book. It's a book of prophecy. It's an apocalyptic book. And the opening of the book tells us that, you know, God sent his... His message, and he sends it to us in the book of Revelation, codified. It comes to us in signs and symbols, which means the mark of the beast, it's it's a symbol. It's a, rep, it's a code for something, right? It's a symbol for something. So I guess as we're reading the book of Revelation, it occurs to me that there's a, it's a lot of contrasts. You know, there's the city of, uh, there's the New Jerusalem, and then there's the city of Babylon, mm-hmm. the great Babylon the Great. And they're contrasted. You know, one's good, one's not. There's two women that are contrasted. There's a mm-hmm. pure woman, Revelation 12. There's a woman in Revelation 17. The Scarlet Harlot. The Scarlet Harlot. Love it. Um, then there's two harvests. There's all these things that are going on in the book. But with the mark of the beast, there is also a contrast with um, the seal of God. So those who receive the mark of the beast, they don't have a very good... Um, Future, according to the third angel's message of Revelation 14, they have no rest day or night who worship his image and, um, you know, all of that. 
But those who receive the seal of God, on the other hand, they have a wonderful hope and a safety in this in the book of Revelation. It seems there's a storm brewing all around them, but they're safe because they're sealed. So maybe before we quickly go to the mark of the beast, we want to spend just a few moments talking about what is God's mark? Mm. What is God's seal? Mm. What's the difference and what's the symbol of this in Scripture? Uh, I guess the first mention of this is in Revelation, well, one of the first mentions, Revelation chapter 7, and maybe we should read together verses 1 to 3. Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 to 3. Did you want to read that for us, Pastor Danny? Uh, It says, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. All right. So the first thing that I note here that's in- interesting is that God, God's seal is placed on the forehead. Now, the mark of the beast is according to Revelation chapter 13, and maybe we should read that there mm-hmm. as well, Revelation 13. And I think we're looking there at verse 16. 16. Okay, thank you. Yep, 16 um, and 17, I think. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And verse 17 says, And no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Interesting. So, all right, there's the contrast. The mark of the beast received in the in the right hand or in the forehead and the seal of God received only in the forehead. Let's look at another text that will tell us. I was going to ask you why, why is the difference, but you're going you're gonna to get to that. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Would you like me to read that as well? Please. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Isn't that interesting? Mm. So God's seal has something to do with something that he puts in our foreheads. Now behind your forehead is your frontal lobe. It's it's the seat where you make your decisions, right? It's it's where God communicates with mm-hmm. us. So mm-hmm. I guess what we're trying to say here, what the Bible is setting up for us very clearly, is that God's sign is one that represents our choice. We have to make a choice for him, mm-hmm. right? And we're not saved by anything we do. Because we are saved by everything Christ has done. That's the wonderful gospel message of Scripture. And when I look at the contrast between the mark of the beast and the seal of God, I'm excited because I don't receive the seal of God in my right hand so that mm. it's something that I do to mm. earn salvation. That's what that's a sign of, isn't it? That's a sign of, sign of works. And that's doing. right. Yeah, doing whatever, it with my hands. Yeah, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Yeah, but I'm not saved by that. The only way I am saved is by making a conscious choice mm. for Jesus. Amen. And that's a beautiful thing. Doesn't that take the stress off? Well, Jesus off? <laughs> says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. You know, Revelation 3.20, if anyone opens, if anyone hears my voice and opens it, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. It's always, you know, um, come unto me, all you who labor now, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. So it's always an invitation. It's never mm. through force or compulsion. Amen. And now here's the, here's the clinching verse. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12, tells us that God says he mm. has a sign. Mm-hmm. He tells us what his sign is, his symbol of authority, and it's in Ezekiel 20, Eze- verse 12. Ezekiel 20, verse 12. Would you like me to read that as well? Go for it. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths, 
to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Wow. And I'm going to read this one. This is Exodus 31:17. Here is God speaking again. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in 6 days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. So the Sabbath is a sign that he he's the one who saves us. Mm. It's a sign that he's the one who made us. Mm. Um Revelation not sorry, not Revelation, but Romans 4:11 is another one. Romans 4, verse 11. This is what it says. Would you like me to read that also? Yes. Romans chapter 4, verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised. This is talking about Abraham, of course. Mm -hmm. That he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. Wow. So we've got here... We've got here sign and seal all in the one verse. Yeah. Now, this is telling us that God's sign, the Sabbath, represents his power to rule our, to rule as creator. He's the one who made everything, but he is the one who is our savior. He's the only mm. one who can transform our lives and to change us. And um, it's so beautiful uh, that Hebrews 4, 4 to 10, we don't have time to read it now, but that also confirms what, what these texts are saying that tell us that we enter into the rest that God offers to us, that is we receive his salvation, and as we do that, we should keep his seventh-day Sabbath holy as a symbol or a mark of salvation. So we don't keep the Sabbath to be saved. We mm. keep it as a loving response mm. to the one who has saved us. Love it, love it. It's interesting that you mentioned rest. I think of Jesus who said, you know, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. That's yes. uh, it's Matthew eleven twenty-eight, And then in Revelation 14, it speaks of those who have the mark of the beast who have no rest day or night. That's mm. verse 11. And in verse 13, those who are the saved, the sealed, and even though they are resting from mm -hmm. their labor, so they have passed away just before Jesus comes, it says, yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Mm. So you have two groups. One group are resting in Christ. They keep his commandments, not to be saved, but because they are saved. It's a sign of loyalty. Yes. It's like the covenant that two individuals make when they get married. So true. They, they exchange wedding vows, not because they have to, but because they want to as a sign of loyalty and love and faithfulness. Wow. Well, in line of all of this, you know, since clearly um, Scripture paints very clearly and it's so amazing how mm. you can quickly come to this conclusion by oh, piecing the Scriptures absolutely. together. But since this is clearly, you know, God's sign of his power and his authority, the Holy Sabbath day, we could then guess before even looking at anything else that the mark of the beast being a contrast to the seal of God would be a challenger to mm -hmm. God's Holy Sabbath day. Mm. It'd be the counterfeit. There has to be the counterfeit. For every truth, Satan has a counterfeit. And I just want to preface our next part of our Bible study with uh, Revelation 14, 9 through 11, which is the third angel's message. You know, there's these three messages that we see three angels flying in heaven it's it's the last message from heaven the to everlasting the world gospel. the everlasting gospel it's got to go to the whole planet mm -hmm. the bible says mm -hmm. and this is what the third angel says with a loud voice if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of god which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest mm -hmm. no rest 
Mm-hmm. No rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Mm. So true rest can only come in following Jesus Amen. And, and in keeping his Sabbath, like in honoring the day that he has set aside. His law of love. That's the covenant that God made with Israel and with the world, his law of love. And he wants to place his law of love, as you shared earlier, as we read from Hebrews, in our hearts and in our minds. Mm. Amen. And so... I guess, you know, that that warning there and that third angel's message is probably the most solemn warning ever mentioned in Scripture. But it's there and it's it's urging us not to receive from heaven, urging us not to receive the mark of the beast. So now that we know what the seal of God is, <laughs> we have to ask ourselves, well, the beast we've identified in, you know, you read the characteristics mm. of Scripture, we understand who this power represents, that this, this system represents. So, well, does the system, does the Roman church-state system have a symbol or mark of authority? Mm. And so we just let them, we read the, their writings, and we can see that they do. And I have here a quote from the Catholic Catechism, a Catholic Catechism question. Have you any other way of proving that the church has power to institute festivals or precepts? Answer. Had she not such power, she could not have done that in which all modern religionists agree mm. with her. She could not have substituted the observance of Sunday, the first day of the week, for the observance of Saturday, the seventh day, a change for which there is no scriptural authority. Mm. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It is. It is. Well, well, God predicted this through Daniel in Daniel 7.25 in connection with this power. Yeah. You shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Wow. So God said that this would take place some two and a half thousand years ago, and it did. It's amazing, isn't it? So God, God, God has foretold in Scripture that this is what the mark of the beast would be, and I guess right now, does anybody have the mark of the beast? No, no one does because we haven't come to that point where you will not be able to buy and sell unless you partake in this worldwide counterfeit um, worship movement mm-hmm. that will be global. So no one has that right now. But before, when that when that message is being shared, there's going to be the call, come out of Babylon, mm-hmm. my people. So mm-hmm. God has his people in confusion who don't know the truth. They will hear the truth and they'll have an opportunity to respond at that time. Wow. Well, we just... Did the very quick unpacking right here. Oh, there's a lot more to this. That was so just much part more. one of 50. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So stay with us. Jennifer Lisa now is going to bring to us a beautiful song, The Refiner's Fire, after which we have some very important final thoughts on this study. So stay with us.
That was Jennifer Lisa, the refiner's fire. And well, we have come to the end. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we might be the only ones crying. <laughs> They're all like celebrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't wait for the next one. <laughs> uh, look, thank you so much for joining us. And we have so much more to share. So please come back and join us again, same time next week. But as we wrap up, I guess we'd like to just leave you with some final thoughts. I have some, and maybe you want to share some mm. too, Pastor Danny. Sure. Um, what was struck me, you know, we just unpacked what the seal of God is in our previous section there, and we contrasted it with what, you know, the beast, you know, claims as its symbol mark. of authority, its mark of authority. And uh, when you see the contrast so clearly, clearly there, it, it's really... It makes it so simple and someone might be listening and thinking, really? You think it will come down to a matter of days? And that's what I believe the Bible is teaching us very clearly. But when you think about it, it echoes back to what happened in the Garden of Eden where it was really a matter of trees. Mm. You know, God said, don't touch this one, but you can have everything else, just just not that one. And um, it might have seemed like a really small thing, just a matter of eating a piece of forbidden fruit. But um, so it is now at the end of time, you know, it's just a matter of choosing who we give our allegiance to. Do we love Jesus enough to follow him where he mm, leads, to amen. let him be Lord of our lives and to do what he says? Jesus says in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, mm. keep my commandments. Amen. And so there's no other logical reason to no keep the reason. Sabbath other than the fact that God said to. And mm. um, that's that's the most important thing, to do what Jesus calls us to do because he loves us. He loves us more than anything, and he has a plan to give us a future and hope. So that's what struck me as I thought about the, that contrast there. Yes, indeed. And and if we take a look at the three angels' messages, it's, it's interesting that in the first angel's message, you have God inviting the entire world to worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Mm. And that's in direct contrast with the third angel's message, which is the beast uh, requiring worship from everyone, um, the worship of the image of the beast. So you've got one group who worships Jesus Christ, you know, who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs, and that's a direct quote out of mm. the fourth commandment there in Exodus 20. And Exodus 20 is quoting out of Genesis 2, where God gave the seventh-day Sabbath. So really the Sabbath has always been God's, God's outward sign between him and his people, just like two individuals who get married and they give one another wedding rings. It's that outward symbol, that outward sign that you belong to one another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the Sabbath is that outward sign. And at the end of time, it will be the outward sign that we belong to God. Mm, We've given him our allegiance. Our allegiance and loyalty and love. Mm, Amen. Well, uh, we should close with prayer. Would you like to close first? Sure. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you, dear Lord, for the sure word of prophecy that we have a light that shines brightly in this dark world, that we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be anxious. Uh, We don't need to be stressed Mm -hmm. about what is taking place right now, where things are going, because we know, Lord, how this whole episode ends. We've read the back of the book and we know, Mm. dear Lord, that it all ends with your coming. Mm. And so, Lord, as we see all these things taking place, may we indeed do as you've invited us to do, to look up because our redemption is drawing near. Mm. And so I pray that you'll bless all our listeners, draw them closer to you, dear Lord. May we all spend more time with you in your word and in prayer and in sharing with those who do not know these beautiful truths that you're coming back soon. So bless each one, bless all the families. We pray for peace 
the ultimate peace that comes from Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, to be in the hearts of all. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us. And we did get a listener question in. We'll have to address that next week. Um, will this Sunday law only affect Christian Sabbath keepers on Saturday but not Sunday? Good question. We'll address that in our opening comments mm. next week. And uh, stay tuned now because we have the Drive Time Show from Adelaide coming on. Uh, wish you all God's richest blessings. And remember, as we wrap this up, that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. So no matter what, keep looking up, keep looking to Jesus. God bless you all, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> 